Well, welcome everyone. This is our inaugural edition. I said inaugural, right? I was worried about that word. This is the very first edition of Guitar Tales. I have my buddy here, Scott Engel. This is a brand new show that's going to be about guitar players you might not have heard of, but there's a lot of them. I looked up, I did some research going into today. There are 269 guitar centers in the United States. Did you know that? I did not. How many employees do you think they have? Um, well, I, they probably have a lot of employees, but I think all the employees kind of look like the other employoys. <laughs> it's just like a certain type of employee. Right. Cool. They're always annoyed with me when I go in there. I never play Stairway to Heaven. I probably should. You should? Yeah. Well, there's 10,000. So what this really means, and one of my thoughts about putting this show together, is that there are wonderful guitar players all over New Jersey, all over the country you've never heard of. So we all know the famous ones, the Jimmy Pages of the world. But there's wonderful musicians who've made a life out of music, but still have day jobs. And one of the things that I care about are the stories about the people. The people who have guitar in their life, who have bands in their life, who have history, and people who are old enough of a certain age who have the perspective to look back on a life in music and the times that sometimes life can interfere a little bit with music and music can interfere with life. Uh, and as I thought about my personal history uh, with all the bands I've been in, so many guitar players I've met, wonderful musicians and people who've really stuck with it and still built their own lives. Uh, so the first person I thought of to start our show after I met with my dear friends at Riverview Studios, put the name up right there, riverviewstudios.com, <laughs> and um, is Scott Engel. There you go. I have known Scott since about 1978, 79. Definitely a while ago. Yeah, we've had a number of bands together, but it was really just one band in our bedrooms as kids. Doesn't sound right. But yeah, we, we, never, uh, we never played in the garage for some reason. No, no, it was always um, annoying our parents in the house. Yeah, my, my poor mom and, and maybe your parents too. Uh, my mother is still traumatized to this day that uh, my bedroom was on the second floor and we had all these rock bands come over there. We had the drums set up in the bedroom, amplifiers, the whole works, and the chandelier in the dining room would literally sway. Oh. <laughs> she talks about it all the time. She goes, if you ever get famous, you better uh, you know, thank me that I put up with all that nonsense and all that loud music. I got yelled at. And all those all weirdos coming to that house. Yeah. <laughs> And then we had our gear. You always had to have new gear. Right. You know, so my and parents, that would be yeah. drag that up the stairs and amp. Boom, 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 boom. I had my son 112. It was about probably 80, 90 pounds. I put it on the front of my bicycle. <laughs> it would ride through Matawan with it. My, my first amp was uh, a Lab Series amp, solid state amp. Like kind, of, kind of like this, this is sort of a solid state. It's a nice yeah, one. Very loud. Right. Not a whole lot of tone. Uh, pretty light. Uh, but you know that's all we could afford back then. It is. And at some point, my dad got me for Christmas a uh, Fender Twin Reverb. Oh, that's a beautiful. Which uh, once I got into the wedding band scene, at some point, because uh, my dad, my dad was a drummer, as you right. know, and he, he always had lots of advice like, stay in a rock band, don't be in a rock band, you won't make any money, it's a miserable career, you know, <laughs> and get into a wedding band and make some real money. So that's what I did. I went and played in a wedding band. I totally sold out. Wore a tuxedo. And, Did you really? And I had the Fender Twin Reverb, and one cold, cold winter's wedding, uh, all the tubes fell out of the amp. Oh, really? <laughs> Smashed <laughs> in the parking lot, and I'm like, now what, what am I going to do? Yeah, because I guess it was cold. I don't know what happened. I hit a bump, and they all fell out. Wow. 
So I, I got in touch with a local music store as a friend of ours, and he stayed Joe open. Joe Lurie, I bet, right? And he, and he lent me a, uh, a Marshall. He never turned <laughs> so back. here I was playing a Marshall at, at a wedding band gig, and it was just so, so loud and so ridiculous uh, to play you know, Frank Sinatra through a Marshall. But uh, I did, and I fell in love with Marshalls uh, ever since. Well, you know, I wanna, I'm going to cut you off, because I want to go back into Scott Engel's history a bit. Go ahead. All right. So you and I are the same age, class of 1982 in Matawan. Right. And you started as a drummer. Your dad I was did. a drummer. Dad's a drummer and uh, a jazz drummer, right? Yeah, he was he with a, with a band in the 50s called the Rockatones. Uh, they made a, they made some records with Jubilee Records and Elizabeth. Um, and a quick side note: the lead singer of their band, Pete Saragusa, who had a son who became a very famous football player. Oh, really? Uh, Goose Saragusa. Okay. Um, anyway, I ran into Goose uh, at a at a bar, and I whispered into his ear, I go the Rockatones, and he turned around like, how do you know the Rockatones? Oh, that's funny. Your dad and my dad were in the band together. Anyway, so yeah, I started off playing drums, uh, pretty serious with it uh, for a You're long a time. You were a good drummer. Yeah, and I still play. Oh, okay, you still And I think drums really, it, you know, really help musicians. I mean, because uh, I played bass and, and, you know, I played piano and all that, and I think that really having a good rhythm bass really helps with everything. Well, what I remember is how generous you were. We were talking before we started just a few minutes ago. So when we were jamming together, I was on guitar, mm -hmm. uh, and then when we needed another person in the band, you slid over from drums, you gave it to Pete. Being multi-instrumental person, and I, I, never, I never used to sing then either, because I, right. I got my guts to sing later on in the wedding band, they made me sing. Right. And now I, you, you can't shut me up. Um, singing Twisted Sister songs and Bon Jovi songs, whatever it takes with the band. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, could easily, I could easily slide over into another position to, to fill in the gap of the band, whatever we needed. Need a bass player? Okay, I'll play bass. You need me on the keyboards? I'll play the keyboard. But something drove you to guitar. Yeah. And that's what um, I want to talk a little bit about that. So when we were in a band, you weren't a guitar player. No. And you didn't did know how to play guitar at all. And then in college, we jammed once when you were in college. And what is it that drew you? Because right now, I mean, when I think of you, I think of you as a guitar player. Right. So yeah, a lot of people do now. Yeah. I call myself guitar assist. <laughs> right, right, right. We got so, all sorts of websites. To yeah, yeah, I got tons of stuff. But, but something either musically or emotionally or perhaps, and I want to run this by you, attention getting. I have an answer for this. Okay, this I want to hear There's a definite answer. So here I am at the University of Rhode Island and going to pharmacy school. And my roommate was a guitar player and he had an ovation under the bed. And when he'd go to class and I, I'd got, you know, being I'm interested in all these instruments, I said, I never really learned how to play guitar. Let me noodle around on this thing. Totally clueless. I'm totally self-taught to this day. I never had right. a lesson on guitar, which is a curse and a blessing at the same time. But so I started messing around with that. Secondly, you can't play drums in a dormitory. You, you, you can't really, right. you can't beat on drums. You can't have a drum. You can't have... And those days, they didn't have any electronic drums. And you can't play a song you, alone anyway. Right. So, and then you go to parties, and the guy's got his guitar, and he's playing, and the girls are swooning, and I'm beating on my, you know, I'm playing on my knees yeah. like, a, like a monkey. Right. And I go, I, I, I really need to, to learn how to play guitar if I'm going to meet girls. So that's how it kind of started. And that's, that's exactly that, what that, I was getting at. That's is how that it goes. A lot of guitar players I know love music, you love music, I love music, but people sometimes approach it for uh, and, and reasons that aren't music. And piano, I mean, piano is, you know, uh, 
it is a percussion instrument, but when you right. play guitar, um, it's more emotional. You can bend the strings, you can play loud, you can play soft, you can, you, you can play it like a drum. Yeah, it's incredibly percussive. You, you, can, you can beat that thing and, and you know, you can, like you say, you can just do percussive sounds even. Right. Show us. The chicka. Do it. Do the, the chicka. The classic chicka. Do, do the chicka. Right. And by the way, one of the things we're going to be doing on this show, every show will have a live guitar. We got our amp set up here. And my guests will always be able to just pick up a guitar. You want to play we're, something? Like we're talking about, like, um, let me hear a trick. Uh, here's a, you know, right. just whatever it is. And then you got all kinds of weird, weird noises. When you have, You can you can you take one note and you can make it come out sounding different ways. So you have like you have a fretted note and a fretted harmonic. Yeah, show, all right, now you know. show people how you do the harmonic. I you got, you got the fat of your finger here, your when hand I, right here. Yeah, when I first learned on my own without YouTube, again in right. those days we didn't have anybody to teach us. I I used to drag my pinky. Oh really? Uh, and play. So so. And what he's doing right here. If you look, I'm, dra I'm just like his hand right there. Yeah, like my pinky's dragging along. Oh, he's doing your pinky. Right? Yeah. So, but the way you're really supposed to do it, you're supposed to take the fatty part of your thumb, right? Kind of. And someone who's watching you can't see you doing that, but it's creating a harmonic, yeah, right? Because you're really changing where the bridge is. And that's when I when I learned when I was listening to ZZ Top. Right. Um, he was doing a lot of. He would do, you know, like right. Every single note is right. harmonic. It's, yeah. You, you could just play. Has no soul. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. and those little bends and stuff. Now, do you find it slows you down a little bit? Like, can you go quite as fast with a harmonic? Yeah, it wouldn't be for fast picking. Right. You know? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I discover, I don't know where I discovered it or how I discovered it, but I decide, well, if I just drag my pinky. So is that how you do it now? I do a little or hybrid of both. Do you know both. what you do? Like, I are usually, you aware of it? I, I usually do both. Okay. Yeah, like, um, um, like depending on what guitar you're playing, you you kind of know, like, if I, um, that's a pinky drag, and here's right. a. And when you're doing it, you're an automatic, I would imagine. Yeah, you know. And I see a lot of people, their hands going to be further up the neck doing harmonics. You like it back near the bridge. Yeah, you can get back in here. Um, and then there's just the... the they're all over the place. Right, right. You know. I Will Follow has one of those going on. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm a and the harmonics in here too, with a break. I have good pitch. <laughs> I could tell go. immediately I was out of tune. Now, let me, before we go on, I want to give you some street cred with the folks who are listening. So Scott is in a band that is called the Smokin' Jackets. There's no G. The Smokin' right. Jackets. And I wrote down your website because I'm not shy about the fact that I don't remember it. It's thesmokinjacketsband.com. The Smokin' Band. I got it wrong. <laughs> the the Smokin' Jackets band. Bandits. The Smokin' Jackets band.com. It's a nice looking website. We have like a, they put a, like a, a time counter there. So whenever the next gig is coming up, which is Saturday, there's actually like 
you know, the seconds are ticking away and the days are ticking away, you know, like kind of a... It's very uh, cool. I saw you last summer, and, and I got to tell you, there's something about what you do, and I'll get a little serious for a minute here. So you have an incredibly wide social media presence. So you post a lot, right? Yeah. And then your band plays, now that the season's in, you guys are playing probably once or twice a week easy. We'll do 40 shows this summer. Either. All right, so it's a lot. All in the Jersey Shore area. And I found something consistent between your social media presence and your show. Mm -hmm. It's pure positive energy. In oh, other yeah. words, you post all day long and you're entertaining people. You're, you're kind of pulling people together. Right. And I really like that because, you know, like, I, everyone has their own politics right. and, and it's interesting to read a little here and there, but you're putting on posts that simply allow people in their busy day to chuckle or find something interesting. That's, that's what it's all about. I mean, look, music is a business. And I, and I had a guy that was like, um, and another band, I won't mention his name, but he was very political online. Right. And I'm like, you're going to lose 50% of your audience. Right, right. If you're pro this or pro that or negative this and negative that. So, you'll, you'll, yeah, you always see it's always a little jokey thing, and I'm very careful about what I'm joking about. And, um, and, and a couple of videos of me playing guitar. And I'll also, tell, you won't see a lot of me noodling. Like, you know, playing like a wild man on guitar. Nobody cares. Right, right. Because you're not doing I, it to I always show get, off. I yeah. always tell yeah. people, like, the, the big gig killer is playing Eruption. Right, right. Like Van Halen at a gig. It's the bath, I call it the bathroom song. Oh, that makes sense. Nobody, right. nobody, look, it's great you're, uh, you can handle the, the song and play the song, but people just, they don't, they're not impressed anymore. Eddie does it better anyway. Right, right. So, you know, why, why bother putting that out there? It just, it just drag, I feel it like drags the whole energy out of the room. It really well, does. Well, you know, and it's funny. It's a real rookie move. Just, you know, right. just play, a, play a, we do some Van Halen songs but the in the band. Ones. We just go right into the song. There's no noodling. Right. There's no fancy stuff. But your show um, is consistent with your internet presence. Yeah. Your show is pure positive energy. You have those fun. things, that, those um, confetti-ish things. We that have confetti cannons. Sometimes we blow up. We, we, uh, the first time we played the Stone Pony, we had the confetti cannon loaded. And we got permission from the owner that we were going to do this. And, right. But the stagehands at the, at the Pony said to the drummer, uh, Tom Janarone, he goes, uh, you know, you can't shoot that off in here, right? And, he, and Tom goes, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So end of song, boom, confetti all over the place. And they were really annoyed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> to, that's watch, funny. to watch stagehands vacuum up confetti with a vacuum, you, you, you got to use a leaf blower. And we have toilet paper guns. We have, I play kazoo. And, right, I've seen and that. And a Springsteen yeah. song. Because uh, nobody plays saxophone. So at practice, I had a kazoo in my bag because we used to cover, I used to cover like an old. Uh, Rosalita, maybe? Um, Ringo Starr song that actually oh. used a kazoo. Oh, okay. There's a kazoo solo in a Ringo Starr song. I forget which one it is. But um, so I had this kazoo and I, I said, let me just play the solo with the kazoo and then the keyboard guy can learn it later on. And it was so funny and so ridiculous that to this day I play the solo to Born to Run, the saxophone solo on the kazoo. And it probably works. You know, and what people don't realize is I have to sing those high notes oh, of the, the sax to, through the kazoo. Oh, that's funny. I'm not blowing into an instrument making right. a note. I'm actually, you know, screaming into this thing. That's good. Well, you know, it's funny. When but it's a whimsical yeah. thing. And we have, yeah. we, the drummer holds up signs, you know, let's hear it, let's clap. Uh, you know, I, I think that's wonderful. It's fun. It's a really, really fun band. It's fun to watch. And um, something my dad taught me early on is like, you know, people don't necessarily care what a great musician you are. And there are a lot of excellent musicians. 
Um, but they, they don't want to see a player, they want to see a performer. They want to well, be entertained. Yeah, I like that. You know? And you know, the thing is, when, when I watched you guys, what I was thinking about is the early Bruce Springsteen days. Not Bruce himself, but what he sang about. Right. You know, when his songs, the, the thematics in his songs were talking yeah. about people having their really stressful, challenging lives and they escape to the Jersey Shore. Right. And you guys are really carrying on in that tradition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, people, I mean, they've seen us play the same songs like a thousand times, but yet they still get up there, they still dance, they still cheer. They love the confetti cannon. We, had a, uh, we actually bought a bigger confetti cannon. I hope that was a mistake, but it's, a, it's as big as this amp. Oh, really? Uh, it has a giant cone on it, and it, it, and it can fill something like 6,000 square feet of confetti or some kind of ridiculous amount of confetti. Um, but yeah, we have a good, we have a good time. Well, you um, know, and the funny thing is, so I'm thinking like, and our songs are yeah. the, even our song choices are a little bit weirder or whimsical. Well, they're fun, but they're accessible. You know, we're covering Loverboy songs. We're covering the old favorites, and this goes back to people want to be performed. Like, uh, you get a you get a a trendy band. They go, nobody does Sweet Caroline. It's so ridiculous. I mean, who the hell wants to hear that? Listen. Everybody wants to hear it, and if you do it your own way, right. and you have fun with it, and you let people sing, those corny songs, they, you know, they may not be challenging on guitar, right, right, or vocally or anything, but it's not about us. No, it's about performing. You that's know? why you're successful, dude. You know? I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. Steve Vai, I, I met yeah. Steve at, uh, at a taping of the metal show. Um, a friend of mine uh, was one of the hosts of that show, and uh, Steve Vai said. Um, you know, he's, he's a virtuoso, he's fantastic. Right. His gigs are full with guys on the front row, not hot girls or anything <laughs> like that. Just a bunch of dudes staring at his, his equipment and trying to figure <laughs> out what the settings are. Yeah, because I don't like those. I mean, he's great, but I don't like that stuff. I, I, people have told me they get bored seeing Yngwie Malmsteen play. Fantastic player, but it's, it's, yeah. it's too much. Like, people can't even comprehend. Yeah. It's, it's not the fun atmosphere that we, no. we have. That's, no, like not, you, that's not the area that we're going. You know? And that's, you know, like they're the Satrianis of the world. Like, it's, Listen, he's great, but... I, I, I'm lucky if I can copy 1% of, of those guys. Right. Um, and, and you and, don't and want... And guitar players copy each other, let's be honest. We right. copy each other. Right. Um, but being in a cover band, I'm, I'm basically playing other guitar players' stuff right. that they thought of. And I just have to figure out how to play it and make it work. Right, but it, it, it brings joy to people around you. It brings joy to you. I, mean, I see that. I, wa you know, I watch you we cover, um, yeah. We cover Crazy Train. And uh, we got, it was like the last song of the night. We did Crazy Train, played the solo, the whole thing, Confetti Cannon. And this really tough, burly, biker-looking dude, you know, right. comes up to me real serious after I'm getting off the stage with my guitar. I'm like literally putting my guitar in the case. And he right. goes, dude. And I'm like, you're about to get your ass kicked. Yeah, I'm seriously thinking I'm going to get, get some kind of ass kicking or getting yelled at or something like, yeah. you totally did justice to Randy, yeah. And, <laughs> and we fist pumped. And I'm like, okay, can, <laughs> I'll let me buy you a beer, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah, it was... Uh, but, yeah. And, and you see, you made, here's an example. You made that guy feel good. He went out. He, was, he didn't spend a ton of tickets. He, he so thought like, it was great. Well, he can't watch Roads anymore, but the band, you know. And then I got other people. I play my ass off all night with guitar and... Sometimes if I'm in a good mood, I'll play behind my back or do something crazy or, you know, do a three-foot jump or something crazy. You know, some people that you think people that. are going to I know, tell me about <laughs> it. Um, that kazoo solo was insane, <laughs> you know. 
Well, what about the other stuff? Well, I don't want to get they like that. the kazoo solo. Again, nobody gives a damn. It's all about performance. That, that's great. I, I really believe that. Now, how does it make you feel that, you know, if you were to think of the most famous small musical venues mm -hmm. in the country, I would say the Whiskey A Go Go. Right. Probably the Stone Pony would make like the top two or three. Yeah, easily. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything. I mean, the Whiskey and the Stone Pony are probably the two most famous I could think of. We had we were at, we were at the Pony one night and um, Constantine Morales, uh, the, the American Idol guy, was a oh yeah yeah yeah, band. he wanted to sing uh, Journey with us, right. so he just come off Rock of Ages tour, and I'm like, he was real nervous about playing the Stone Pony in a weird way. He oh, goes wow. like I I don't only know the part of the song because the Rock of Ages we don't really the whole song. Well, he's like all, a rock guy, isn't he? All it? these like he's really nervous. I'm like, yeah. look, it's it's Journey. Everybody knows, you right. know. Uh, Journey songs, and we're gonna, you're gonna kill it. Don't worry about it. He goes, yeah, but I just, he goes, I literally just flew in from LA, whiskey a go go, and now I'm on the East Coast, and the Stone Pony is just as important. Right. And then, and to us living in New Jersey, we don't think of the Stone Pony like that. I don't that. agree with you. You know, I, I look I, it's at that. really iconic, like yeah. the world over. I look at that. You might think I were you know, like, if if we air on time, uh, Scott's playing at the Stone Pony this weekend on Saturday, which would be the 20th. Yes, sir. The 20th. 7 a.m. and this is a name I had to write down. 7 p.m. I don't get up that early. Yeah, right. 7 p.m. <laughs> Hold on. What was the name of this other guy? Joe Bonanno and the Godsons will be open. Thank up you, for them. Joe. J O B O N O N and the Godsons. We won't be uh, shooting any confetti after our 45 minutes set. I'm sure that so you're, the, you're the, the band after us won't be appreciative okay. of that. But uh, <laughs> no, that wouldn't be cool. But um, but let me ask you this: How do you feel? Like I, I mean. I, I'm telling you, other than the whiskey, I can't think of a more iconic, and, and maybe. It's pretty wild, Because yeah. of what Bruce did to the Stone Pony, the See, whiskey. I think Constantine yeah. made me more nervous about playing the pony now from that point on. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so trite. I mean, you know, yeah. Asbury in those days was pretty run down, and, and the pony still lived on, and he still had great acts in there, national yeah. acts, and great musicians, and great shows. But, you know, I fear for my life when I left the gig from the, from the Stone Pony in those days. I put a key between each finger. Oh, right, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, now and it's... I had a pocket full of money. Right, right. oh, right. And out yeah. to my car. Yeah. Um, my dad used to use his, uh, his drums as uh, weaponry when he left his gigs. Oh, really? <laughs> in Elizabeth in those days. Oh, yeah, I guess Elizabeth would be yeah. a pretty rough town. Drumsticks, cymbals, hi-hat stands, you know. A cymbal would hurt. A cymbal yeah. would really hurt. El Caban. Yeah, that would also <laughs> hurt. Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're part of a tradition. And, you, you know, you're 30 yeah. years after him. Well, Bruce is only 20 years older than us, I guess. But, but you're part of a Jersey Shore tradition. And they all, a lot of these, they all, yeah. all these guys started playing covers. Right. You know? I mean, I'm, listen, I'm along in the tooth to be any kind of famous rock star or nothing. And I have friends that tour that are famous rock people. Right. Um, it, it's, it's a tough lifestyle. I mean, if you think I'm, a, I'm an actual real pharmacist and I, you know, once in a while those two worlds collide. Yeah, let me, let me hear about that. Uh, we're, we're well, wait, hold on, I'm going to cut you off. Go ahead. So you went to University of Rhode Island, five-year program, mm -hmm. playing all along the way. Right. I also learned today for the first time that you stole the name of one of my bands. I did. And I even did. created a logo for yes, it. Yes, I did. And uh, you didn't tell me until now, 30 yeah, years later. I know. Almost. Well, you know, yeah. I was desperate. Right. John Doe and the Generics. That was the name of our band. Great name. And it's yeah. a great name for a pharmacy band. Or yeah, a cover the, band. The, the farm, Oh, the, generic. Gen I didn't get that. Yeah. We played, we played a pharmacy banquet, and they wanted us to do a couple of songs. And uh, it's funny to this day, another friend of mine, this guy, uh, found me on Facebook, and he goes, 
that was insane. And that, now after I just had my, my eruption rant, right. I started off that gig by playing a piece of eruption. Oh, with really? a really super loud guitar. You were a kid back then. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, this one professor, Professor Osborne, not Ozzy Osborne, yeah. it was a different professor. Yeah. He actually took his hearing aids out of his ears, <laughs> which I, I found out this story later on. I'm like, that's awesome. That is so worth it. Oh, that's funny. So we did a bunch of songs, uh, but we called ourselves John Doe and the Generics, and we made a little logo, and we promoted it. But it was just for the pharmacy banquet dinner. All right. Well, we did like you, four or five songs, and, and don't sue me. I, I you're got rid talking of the name. to a lawyer, you know. I know. I got rid of the, that one we never, time. We never copyrighted the name. But so you, you go on and you become a pharmacist. Yes. And you never gave up guitar, which I think is wonderful. You never gave up being not just no. sitting at home playing guitar, but really playing guitar. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know why I never, like, I, from time to time I see friends of mine, they, they get into a professional life and they stop playing the drums or they sell their drums or they right. sell their guitars. And for me, it's such a relaxing thing, you know. Uh, you know, Les Paul once said, you know, this is this is a a partner, a confidant, a psychiatrist. It's, you know, and and when I was in pharmacy school, the, the guitar really kind of saved me from being totally overwhelmed and stressed right. out. I would just sit down on the bed and figure out a couple of songs, and then go back to my studies. And then, so now you were it's kind of calming now talking to you. You know, here we are. We I know. I, I think camera up on that. shoot here. Yeah. In Bordentown, and I got my guitar. And how nice does it feel just to have a guitar in your lap? It's, the, it's great. Yeah. yeah. By Especially the way, this one. Here, here, that's right. Here's our segue. So you, um, you're one of the spokespeople for Killer Bee Guitars. Yeah, I endorse Killer Bee. I've been with them for uh, two years now. And they, they built this one from scratch for me. But I call it the Stinger. Um, like uh, it's, it's got a, a neck uh, with a radius uh, modeled after the old Kramers from Neptune, New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, my favorite guitar ever. Yeah, they put, and they put some powerful pickups in it for me, and we stuck a drop D tune in it, and, and they, had a, they brought it to a body shop, uh, a car body shop, and they put this wild uh, paint job on it. Yeah, I love and it. I, and I love it. it just, yeah, and, just, and, just, and it just pops. Look how you were afraid I was going to drop it. No. What I love it that they not, did with the neck is, is that there's no finish on it. No, it's which totally finish-free, and just, they just... Uh, they soaked it in linwood oil or something, I think. It's uh, got this cabinet. weird, it's not a fast oil. neck, but it's no. got a cool feel. And then you went crazy with the frets here. You've got really prominent frets on this. Yeah, really, I like the old jumbo frets. Being an it's 80s metalhead, cool. I, yeah, I love like that You can stuff. see it over there. I don't know if the camera can pick yeah. up on that. But these are about as high frets as I've ever seen. It just seen. makes it easier to play. Yeah. I mean, you barely have to fret the note to, it to make it happen. It doesn't slow you down at all if you're- No, if you no. <laughs> But that was always, like, my Fender that I had for years, it's like it had no frets. They were so worn out at a 78 Strat. Yeah, and then they start buzzing and stuff. Yeah, but I liked it, because I liked how fast I could move up and down. The what day. was your very first guitar? Now I'm taking over for a second. You could take over. So, all right, so we go all the way back to uh, Matawan, Bernadine's Music, mm -hmm. and Galen ran the place and he owned it. So my first guitar was a Tisco. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> yeah, Tisco was, uh, and I researched it. More recently. And now they're worth a half a million dollars, right? No, but I have oh. a story about that. So uh, my first guitar was a 12-string semi-hollow body Tisco. It started with a 12? Yeah. I only put six oh, strings on it. must have crazy. To learn one string smoke on the water. <laughs> so, and I could never get it in tune because the stupid bridge kept going back and forth. It was $20. Was that the first song you ever learned on guitar, mm -hmm. Smoke on the Water? With one string. Just one string. I think string. my one string song um, was 25 or 6 to 4. That was the first one. That I was one learned. of my yeah. first. Yeah. Right. 
And I, but I didn't even have that. I didn't right. even throw it no, out there. Just... Just... And you weren't making the note that clean. No. <laughs> right, now my biggest guitar regret um, was the Ed, what's the Edsel Offender? Do you remember this? Hmm, no. It was a semi-hollow body. It'll come to me. I got it from Galen for $25, $30. I had a 1960-something Fender. <laughs> um, it also had a floating bridge, but with a Fender, I didn't care. Mm. And it was stunning. It, it was a stunning guitar. It, the name of it will come to me. It was one of their least successful guitars. You had some Kramers, too, didn't you? Along I did. Way? I had the Kramer aluminum split neck. But yeah. I went to sell it. The thing was like... So, so heavy. It was, it was very <laughs> neck heavy. But that Fender, I felt guilty because they offered me $100 to buy it. <laughs> and I said, no, I only take like $80. And today it would probably be worth three or 4000 Easily, yeah. Yeah. But my Kramer, I had one of the original Kramer with the aluminum neck where you had a T-frame. That's the original, original. Yeah. The original, original. And it was my favorite guitar I ever owned. But this part was a thousand pounds. Your guitar was yeah, yeah. It was really very uh, top heavy because it, it was all aluminum. Yeah, and then the the, the fretboard was just um, it was like a composite, this charcoal kind of composite. Mm. There was no wood on the neck. No, like there was wood. There were two inlays of wood right here. You had a, a piece of aluminum riding up the middle, yeah. and then the whole neck was the tuning fork look. Right, I remember and the split that. neck. I actually do remember that. Yeah, my first guitar was. <laughs> My dad brought home a now he we, we weren't really into guitar. He my dad would just very graciously present us with musical instruments to mess around with, you know. So Uncle Joe Laurie, Laurie Music in Rahway, right. was a good pal of ours, and uh, he said, uh, you know, I'm going to pick up some guitars at this store that had a fire. Oh, I remember this. So he see, he bought you a bunch of story, he, yeah. he basically liquidated this other guy's music store, kind of mm -hmm. saved his ass and bought a bunch of stuff. Can we say ass? We can. Okay. So he, one of the guitars he got Fuck was yeah. this, <laughs> with this Montaigne yeah. Les Paul copy. Okay. I just remember the name Montaigne. I mean, it's right. just it's a weird name. It, it didn't say, you know, anything cool like uh, Guild or uh, but it would have had two Les Paul. Um, but it, but it, but it was two, two it was modeled after after normal Les Paul with the four knobs, right, the right, two right. tones and the two volumes. Anyway, so the thing was a little burned, like oh. it was actually burned in the fire. And when my dad got it home, he took it out of the trunk, he dropped it and oh, broke no. the neck. <laughs> so, so my first guitar was a Montaigne broken, burned guitar, oh which, and we had the neck fixed. How do you get, just glue? They glued it somehow, you know, glued it back together. I don't know, was maybe the, the guy at the shop. It was terrible. Yeah, it was I would terrible. Um, but it was enough to go, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and then uh, somewhere along the line, when we started to get more chops, we, uh, my dad was able to get me a, a 79 Stratocaster. That's almost like From a guy that came into the shop and needed some money, and he gave right. him whatever they were worth then in okay. 79. Now, are you rosewood or maple? What do you like on your fretboard? Uh, I'm a rosewood guy or ebony. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, I could be a snobby purist and say, well, I can tell the difference, and I really can't. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys tell you they can. I, I you know. For me, it's more about the neck radius. Oh, right. Do you like skinny? I, I like the skinny, right, yeah. uh, Kramer-esque, right, right. if you will, neck. Yeah. I have a couple of Kramers in my collection. One's called a Kramer Sustainer. It's fairly rare. That, that uh, The Sustainer pickup was invented by Floyd Rose. Oh, okay. And uh, it was right here in the neck. 
and you have some little micro switch. I should have brought that in. It's a very cool guitar, maybe some other time. It's got these little micro switches on it. can hold a note indefinitely. Literally. By, by exciting the strings, kind of like an Ebo. Steve Vai uses a, a, a more modern version of that okay. apparatus in, in, his, in his Evo guitar. But it, it'll hold a, hold a note forever uh, in three different octaves. That's pretty cool. The actual, the, the actual octave right. and then two other harmonics. That, 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 that's almost and it's like wild. A, an and early it just version of playing. what the Edge did. Yeah, and it, just, yeah. it would just hold a note. So if you're just playing regular chords, nothing's going on. The minute you solo or two-handed tap, Right. There's infinite sustain. It's monophonic, it's not yeah, polyphonic, really the way wild. that technology was. Now, we have a friend, Steve Petersek, remember, he had a guitar where every fret was wired. Do you remember that guitar? I think it was a Hagstrom, maybe? Hagstrom did a lot of weird stuff like that. Yeah. I think whether the, the, old, the, the company had had a pickup um, or, or cartridges or something you could put in the back, I think that might have been them, too. Yeah, he had, it was really interesting. Very creative and, you know, there were kind of different He didn't different use ideas. it that much. He played it as a regular guitar, but every fret was wired so it could become almost like a piano hmm. because you could just press that with just your left hand and he would create a note even without doing anything else to the string. So this became almost like a keyboard. Hmm. And I had one of those for years. I had a Brian Moore guitar that had a similar setup. Lots of switches and buttons on that. I just played it like a guitar. <laughs> like I, I couldn't figure out how to use that stuff. Well, so. my 79 Strat is what I used for many years. Yeah. Um, and I still have it. In fact, I brought it out this, uh, last week after the dirt right. uh, became very popular on Netflix. I said, it wouldn't be fun to just maybe play some Motley Crue songs. Yeah, tell, us, tell us that story because I, I watched this on Facebook. What happened? Yeah, uh, so I was playing. It wasn't, it wasn't the one where I said you got to play the lick. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. No, I think it was playing Home Sweet Home. But okay. I was actually playing. I had Alexa playing or streaming the song, and I was playing to it. Right. <clears throat> the solo, and I put right. the video I, up. I'm so old, I almost asked you who Alexa is. I put the uh, song on, on, online, and within minutes, then within seconds, I got like a cease and desist electronic message from Warner Music, you can't use that because of licensing. Do you want to delete it or do you want to dispute it? So I was kind of annoyed. I said, there's tons of guys playing songs along with records on, on eBay right. and YouTube and You're stuff. just that good, Scott. So I don't think it was about me being good. I just, I don't know what happened there. Oh. I was playing it note for note, so maybe it just looked like I was pretending they to must, play. They and probably have an algorithm. Yeah, so the algorithm sniffed it out, right. shut me down. And I uh, disputed it, and I'm happy to say within about a week, they said, okay, we, we unmuted your video, and you can show it to the world. That's very cool. And by then, it was too late. It was right. a week old, and nobody gone. cares about right. that. So I'm gonna, let's take a break right now. Um, you're watching us. You're listening to us on Guitar Tales on the inaugural show with uh, my dear friend Scott Engel. Give us some outro. And we'll see. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the very first edition of Guitar Tales with my dear friend and guest, Scott Engel. Good to be um, here, man. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, a second thanks uh, to uh, Riverview Studios. Um, fantastic facility. We should have the cameras pan around here. It, this place is absolutely fantastic. Very impressive. Uh, it, it's just a great facility. Like a real rock star. <laughs> <laughs> you are a real rock star. So um, we were chatting with Mary in between, and I lost track. So what I was trying to get you to, and she's so right, I wanted to talk about something that's important, and I got hung up on the fact that you stole my band name, uh, which Sorry you did, which you did, and you'll, you'll be served with the complaint soon. But 
So this is what was that flattery quote? You know, is a, 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 a copy uh, of flattery is or the something? greatest form of flattery. No, that's you, not no, going to help. Me. Your ass right, suit. Okay. So um, no. So what we wanted to talk about, both of us really, is the challenges you face because you know uh, when yes. people when people watch shows like this. It's usually someone famous who doesn't have a day job. Right. And they might talk about the challenges of being on the road mm -hmm. versus family, okay? But what you have is a completely different animal. And you're not alone. You're, you're a working band yeah. member. Yeah, absolutely. Full-time job, family, even pets. You were talking about taking care of your dog. Yeah. What does that so, feel like? Oftentimes, uh, you know, it is challenging. Um, the band schedule, I said, we do like 40 shows in the summertime, a couple in the winter, a couple in the spring. And, uh, you know, that just, that is time away from family. It's not time away from work. Right. Work is always there. Right, right. I'm a full-time pharmacist. Uh, I work uh, two different stores. And so I have a rule that pills pay the bills. Oh, and I, like I don't play any gigs on the weekends I work. I, the last thing I want to do is come home two in the morning shot out of a cannon, can't fall asleep right away, because just did a show, and then go to work uh, by nine o'clock and deal with people's lives, like giving flu shots and whatnot. So that's out of the question. I don't want to leave myself uh, open to any problems. Well, you know what I find interesting? You know, you and I hadn't chatted in probably two decades. We yeah. always stayed in touch, you know, yeah. through Facebook. So And he shows up at my gig one day, and I'm I like, did. what are you I doing? I surprised here? you, yeah. It was so and great. When you talk about pharmacy, this, air of just serious professionalism just comes right out of you. Yeah, and like guitar yeah. player and pharmacist really don't go together. And, right. it, you know, and it's my dear friend Pat, who years ago coined the phrase guitarmacist. And I, oh, you didn't come up with that? No, I didn't. Uh, Pat reminds me all the time that he came up with that idea. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved it, and, and it's stuck ever since. But um, yeah, man, uh, you know, I've never booked a gig from the pharmacy. Uh, it just it just looks ridiculous. It doesn't seem like, you know, a pharmacist could never be a guitar player and vice versa. Uh, I was doing a wedding gig and there was a lady there and she goes, you know, you look really familiar to me, but I can't figure out where I know you from. She goes, you're my pharmacist. Oh my God. You know, and she got like all crazy. Like they right. can't believe it. Right, right. And I go, uh, and I, so I decided to have a little fun with her because she was having a couple of cocktails. And I said, well, uh, I actually have a twin brother. Um, <laughs> You think that egghead pharmacist would be in a band jumping around like a like like a nut? She goes, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I just didn't make any sense to me. And then, and at the end of the night, I told her uh, the truth, and she punched me in the arm so hard I thought I was going to have to get an operation. But oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, but once in a while, the two worlds collide. Uh, I'll see a customer at a gig, right. and they'll give me that kind of weird, you know. Well, well, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Like, in other words, do you feel? like suddenly you've lost your professional veneer? Yeah, in a weird in way, um, but, it, but also it can go the other way. Uh, seeing, seeing a customer get wrecked at a gig oh, that's true, and yeah. going crazy. Uh, one lady was so embarrassed that she stopped coming to the store. All right. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I said, it's okay, you know, you had a good time, don't worry about it, you know, come on back. Because we call everybody that transfers out, we want to know why they're transferring out. Right, Is right. It, you know, Did we do something personal wrong? to be right. something wrong? So it, it, she, she uh, came clean and said that she was very embarrassed and, and couldn't feel like she couldn't face me. Right. But you still trust me as a professional. She goes, yeah, and you're a fantastic guitar player, and I, you know, I want to come back. I'm sorry, I can come on back. And she goes to the shows every now and again. So when does it get really hard? Like, like have you had occasions in your so, life? Well, it's tough where uh, we get a, a, an opportunity to play a gig that uh, the whole band wants to play. 
Um, and we had a chance to play Giant Stadium, I think, for really? some kind of some kind of thing, and I couldn't do it. It was just on a work weekend, and I could look. I just—it's my rule. I just cannot risk coming home, you know, coming home late and going to work the next day and, and be focused in my job is very right. important. And they're upset. But, you know, at the end of the day, the band gets it. They know what they're getting. If they want me. Right. And they, oh, I just hit the microphone. Sorry about that, sound guy. It's like <laughs> I think of the Little Rascals guy with his hat goes off his head. Um, yeah, if they want me, they got to, you know, kind of play by the rules. Um, but we have friends that are full-time musicians. You know, that's all they do, day in, day out. The, my, my good friends, the Amish Outlaws, travel all the, way from, all the way from Delaware all the way up to Rhode Island. And they're constantly on the road. Right. Uh, check them out if you get a chance. They're, they're my favorite band. Now, what about your band? Is everyone um, a Smoke and Jackets are made up of, of many professionals. Uh, Tom Janarone, our drummer, is part owner of Barnticipation. He's also a, a, an attorney. Right. And he's a comedian, isn't he? No, he's just a funny guy. <laughs> Not making money with it. Uh, our keyboard uh, player, Tom Carlock, is an engineer. Okay. And our other guitar player, uh, Jim Barber is a uh, athletic trainer, and Dan, our bass player, we don't know what he does. Uh, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> that, so, that's a good rock. He's so story. quiet, and yeah. uh, he's, he's the quintessential bass guy. Right, that's he, what they are. He right. literally shows up 20 minutes before it's time to play. He has an amp and a wire and a guitar. He plugs in, he plays, does the gig, kills, unplugs, it goes home. And that's it. That's it's a it. job. And and you know what? That, that's something to be said too. I do treat the band like a job. Do you? You know. Now, does that take away from the joy? Um, you know, sometimes we get crazy. We don't like to drink and, and play if we can help it. Um, um, you know, a couple of beers is fine, but you don't you, you, you want to be focused in any job, and the band's no different. I, I right. just don't know how guys, you know, obviously I'm not doing drugs, so I'm a pharmacist, but I don't know how you do drugs and drink and all that and still play well. Play well. I mean, that just yeah, but, blows yeah, the my answer mind. is if you listen. I mean, I, I literally have one too many Coors Lights. I'm in trouble. Right. Like, I can't remember lyrics, so I'm fumbling around. Well, listen Terrible. to some of the old live stones. They were horrible <laughs> lives sometimes. So, uh, they were sloppy as Well, we treat it as a job. You know, when I, I, I leave the house and, uh, you know, like, I know a lot of guys uh, that play out, you know, their wives or girlfriends or every single gig. Right. My wife's like, I'm going to work. Bye. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, right. it's, and it, it's, we just treat it like a job. But, but what does that do? Like, some people love, well, let me ask you this way. Do you like that job? Love it. All right, there you Love go. It. So, you know, that's what makes it uh, worth playing out. Right. It's definitely not the money. Right. It's definitely not the fame. It's the enjoyment of playing in front of people and like that burly guy who gave me a, you yeah. know. A, I mean, you must have been on cloud nine. He, he thought it was, you know, and, and, and cleaned and up your pants. The guys that love yeah. my uh, kazoo playing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we have two more things left before we wrap up. Oh, all right. All right. One is... And I have, a, I have something for you, too. I that's, what I, that's the first thing. Oh, okay. So you're, you're going to play a Dave Cohen original that yeah. I don't remember. We used to call Dave uh, Dave Chicka Chicka Cohen, which I don't know, because he had a lot of right, uh, yeah. chicken. Because I can't play lead. This, this is the one, the riff. Oh, yeah. That was that's the first video. one. That's when our, yeah, we made a video. The other one was a, I forget what I was, I was learning a, a cover. Maybe it was a Paradise or. You know, like the David Lee Roth thing. And it reminded me that used to go. Oh, yes. 
So there was a little bit of Dave Cohen in that learn when I learned that song. Oh, I was like, that sounds awfully familiar. I haven't heard or played that in 30 years. <laughs> Whatever I wrote at two chords, because that's all I did. Now. Anyway, okay. So I created a game for our show. Uh, oh, it's a game show now. It is. It all is. right, nice. All right. And I know your answer will be good for this. So it is six degrees of John Bon Jovi. <laughs> All right, uh, because I just New like Jersey, to point out John Bon Jovi is older than me and will always be older than me. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, what is, there has to be one. What are your John Bon Jovi connections, if any? Well, uh, the, the, the drummer of the band, Tico, uh, was a, was, is a good friend of the family. Um, and that, that ties into the Lori music story. Right, I remember um, that. That Tico and my dad used to hang around at the music store and tell stories and this and that. Your dad was like a mentor to him, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I probably lent cool. him a few bucks over the years too, I would think. Oh, really? Before yeah. he became famous? Right. And, uh, and we just watched him grow from this guy playing in a little cover band in, in the Jersey at Shore to becoming yeah. internationally famous and getting, eventually getting the, heart, uh, the Rock and Roll of Fame uh, last year, I guess it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, very exciting stuff been at it a long time. Now, in your travels, do you, do you happen upon famous people? Have you shared the stage with anyone famous? Uh, I guess the most famous person I ever played with was Constantine at the Pony that time. I think that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And every once in a while we have uh, people bring us on stage. Um, another good friend of us, uh, ours, is uh, um, this guy Mark who's in the WWE or was. He's one of the Dudley boys. Oh, okay. And uh, he, he's brought us on stage a couple times. Um, he's, he's in the Hall of Fame too, the WWE Hall of Fame. I went to see him get inducted last year. Ended up on television and people were asking me uh, backstage, are you famous? And I go, yeah. <laughs> I literally wore sunglasses like a jerk, you know, just to, just to make it look like I kind of fit in with all the other wrestlers who were definitely more famous than me. Um, so play the role, what the hell. You know, if you're going to do it, do it, that's right? That's right, okay. that's right. So uh, uh, I think that... Um, the, our, our drummer Tom is, is pretty good friends with Dave Bryan, and Dave's been uh, has expressed an interest in coming to play with the Smoking Jackets. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it will happen. I'll to. Who's that? Dave, he's the keyboard guy of Bon Jovi. Oh, he is. I didn't Come on, get that. with it. Yeah, I know. Well, it's not even, <laughs> like he's older than I am. Too. <laughs> so, well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today for our very first episode. Yeah, um, man, it was a blast. I mean, our first ever guest. Yeah. It's a good thing. So we have many more shows coming on Guitar Tales. Um, we will have local musicians, guitar players who you might not know, but who have stories to tell. We'll see you next time on Guitar Tales.